This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. A night to forget for Liverpool as our unbeaten run that stretched back to April comes to an end on a difficult night against West Ham. Welcome to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel with me, Patrick Smith, as we dissect the Reds' first loss of the season. Though it was a real hammer blow, we still have plenty to talk about, including some controversial decisions, and with tonight's opponents leapfrogging Jurgen Klopp's side, stick around for all the reaction you need. We'll hear from the Liverpool Echoes Ian Doyle, Jurgen Klopp at his press conference, and of course, the reaction from the fans at the London Stadium. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Well, here at the London Stadium, Liverpool have suffered their first Premier League defeat of the season. In fact, it's their first defeat of any kind in the last 20 years, six games, ending a run that had equaled the club record for number of consecutive victories. They've lost by three goals to two, and if we're being perfectly honest, slightly lucky that they didn't lose by even more. They were outplayed, certainly in the second half, by West Ham, who this season have been, you know, look at the table, they're very good. They're above Liverpool now in the table. The Reds still on 20 points, they're down to fourth, and uh, West Ham... Now up to third on 22 points, Liverpool four points behind leaders Chelsea who drew at the weekend against Burnley at home and that's what makes this result even more frustrating for the Reds because there was a chance to move to within a point and the, uh, they didn't take it. Um, just looking at the performance overall, too many players just weren't good enough, it didn't function really as, as a unit overall. And when you've got uh, Alison Beck having a rare off day, it's always going to be a bit of an issue. I mean, the, the problem started very early on in the fourth minute. Uh, a corner by uh, Pablo Fornals was put into the box and uh, Alison went up with uh, Angelo Ogbonna of West Ham. Uh, there was kind of a suggestion that it was a foul. The AR looked at it, but it, ultimately they ruled that uh, Alisson had touched the ball into the goal with his with his own hand rather than it touching the hand of Ogbonna. Jurgen Klopp afterwards said he thought it was a foul on the goalkeeper. I have to say, from that was right in front of where we were sat and it did look as though Alisson Becker was too preoccupied with Mikhail Antonio uh, in the build-up to the to the goals who were waiting for it to come in the corner. And uh, that wouldn't be the first time that, that happened. I have to say I thought it was a, a perfectly good goal, to be honest. Um, then West Ham kind of sat back. Uh, Liverpool dominated the possession in the first half they didn't really do a lot with it until they actually got a free kick on the edge of the area and it was a very good set piece Mohamed Salah who had won the uh, free kick after being fouled by Declan Rice he he, uh, he touched a free kick from Trent Alexander-Arnold back into the path of the right back who killed one into the top corner great goal, great execution and at that point you could say Liverpool just about deserved it but even though that came four minutes uh, before half time and there was an extended uh, period to be played at the end of the first half which we'll come back to in a second Liverpool just didn't seem to build on it even in that, that short period of say about seven eight minutes West Ham took the initiative and they, they took that again in the second half now going back to the first half there was an incident very early on where uh, Jordan Henderson was caught by Aaron Cresswell and needed uh, some treatment caught high on his, uh, on his, on his shin and at the time, it just looked like a, a strong challenge, but at the replays, when you saw it again, it's clear that Cresswell had won the ball, but also that he'd followed through and he'd caught Henderson quite high and quite strong. And you know, players have been sent off for that, and Jurgen Klopp said that he didn't think anything of it at the time, but when he saw the replay, which is what, to be fair, VAR Stuart Atwell did, did go and have a look at it, Klopp said it was clearly a red card, and I must admit that I do agree with him on that on that one. Uh, and that could have made a very diff- you know, massive difference to the game if West Ham were going to play nearly all of it with ten men. But you know they, they had eleven, and as I say in the second half, Liverpool just they kind of just wilted. Um, 
they didn't really create that much although they did have one or two promising situations you know Mohamed Salah just seemed to it was a tough one for him really because he, he looked like he was dangerous whenever he got the ball but he was too you know too many players were around him and you know too often some of his, his teammates just weren't on the same wavelength as him uh, West Ham took the lead then midway through the uh, second half again it was a bit of a poor goal for Liverpool to concede Jared Bowen just running at the on a counter attack running straight through the middle of the Liverpool team passing it to Fonals who uh, went in and did the rest Alisson probably you probably could have done better with that one and certainly the third goal which came seven minutes later was from a Bowen corner from the uh, from the left hand side this time the first goal had come from the right uh, it was an in swinger and came right over to VAR post Trent Alexander-Arnold wasn't really was ball watching and Zuma came round the back and headed it in straight through Allison. so 3-1 didn't look so Liverpool would get much of a you know anything from the game a comeback didn't look likely but you know, Klopp made a couple of subs Divock Origi did quite well uh, when he came on looked a bit lively and he uh, he managed to turn and shoot with seven minutes remaining he scored one from the uh, from the edge of the area and but even then it just didn't seem as though Liverpool really believed they could score an equaliser and they certainly as far as I'm concerned they didn't deserve one and then the nearest they got was right near the end so a free kick Sadio Mane headed it wide uh, from the far post so overall Liverpool can't really complain too much the worry will be that you know anybody who's been watching Liverpool this season quite a few of the issues have come to the fore you see the likes of Andy Robertson again didn't have a particularly good game I mean he wasn't the only one there was quite a few players who were below par the midfield didn't really as I say function properly as a unit and if uh, you know if that's happening you have your goalkeeper having a, a rare off, off day then you're going to be in trouble Liverpool just they don't seem to be quite quite as resilient as they have been in the past you know I think there's about five or six teams now who've scored at least twice against them um, you know, Brentford and, and Brentford and West Ham have both scored three so that's something that needs to be addressed Liverpool we've known that they've not quite been at the best and they've been scoring quite a lot of goals and they got another two here today didn't they but if you're scoring two and three away at Brentford and you're not winning the games, so you only got one point then clearly something's not right um, now there's going to be two weeks it'll be a long two weeks Liverpool in the, uh, the international break Klopp and his coaching staff left to have a look at it because the other thing is that when the first game back is against Arsenal at home and Arsenal are only two points behind Liverpool now and they're a team that only a few weeks ago were meant to be in crisis so it shows you how quickly things can change and it shows you that Liverpool it won't take won't take much sorry for them to turn this around but you know they were always going to lose a game at some point but the, the concerning thing is the matter of which they've lost this against a team who certainly at the moment have to be considered one of their rivals the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. So, yeah, um, first half, completing control of the game. Anyway, one nil down uh, because of a set piece. Um, we scored equal as a wonderful goal. We're really in, in control and in charge of the game. So obviously, West Ham plays really good stuff this year, this, this season. Um, but today it was a bit more like the old West Ham sitting deep and um, going for set pieces and counter-attacks. So the first half, we did let that happen apart from one, I think, set piece, if I'm on Amazon right. Um, at least where they scored a goal. And then second half, we lost balls in the wrong, like in general, we, we lost more balls in the first half. Um, so they scored from a set piece, uh, from a counter-attack and from a set piece. The second one was exceptionally well taken and great, um, fantastic finish from Suma. Um, but that all shouldn't have happened because um, we should have um, controlled the game um, still in the second half. And for whatever reason, it looked for me a little bit like we lost patience. It was like we didn't have enough clear-cut chances, so we wanted to change the wrong things. Um, we've actually, our passing changed in the 
too early. We had to do that higher up the pitch. Then you are better protected. Then we were in a situation where we lost the balls. And um, that's it pretty much. John, yeah, we'll go to Sammy, Sammy Mockbell, and then to Zia. And we need hands up if people want to ask questions. Sammy. Hi, hi, Jürgen. Can I can I ask? There were there were two specific um, decisions from the from from the officials in the game. Obviously, the first one allowing the first goal, where the the goalkeeper looked, appeared to be impeded, and then there was a tackle um, from Aaron Creswell that looked over the top uh, on Jordan Henderson. Can I can I ask your opinion on both of those, please? Yeah, that's why. It's Spoke now first about the game um, independent of these situations, but um, so we lost that game. But um, I think it's a clear foul on Alisson. How can it not be? The arm is uh, the arm from um, Ogbonna is there, and I really don't know. I not, don't know who was we are today. We always have to say that ref maybe in the in the in the game can see that, but in a situation when you see how how, how the dynamic of the whole situation when they all go down. How close they are. they lie in each other. How can that not be a foul already without pushing the arm of Alison away? But the ref um, thought, um, made it easy for himself and thought, come on, let's see what the VR is saying. The VR had a look and said, not clear and obvious. I don't know why. Um, and here's the goal, uh, which is really um, strange. But yeah, then I saw only the, 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 the situation with Aaron and, and Hendo now. And the way I saw it now, um, it's a clear red card. I, there's actually no discussion possible. And again, I don't know. That will probably say because he touched the ball before. But a reckless challenge is you can touch whatever you want before. If the, with your leg, you cannot control your leg that much that you don't hit your opponent high up the, the, uh, the, the leg on, on the chin. It's, you cannot go like this in a challenge, whatever you're going to kick a ball like that. And that's it. So we, but we cannot make these decisions, obviously. And the ref, I don't know um, what he would say about that now, but um, in the game, you look quite confident that his decisions were all right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, Sammy, yeah. Sorry, follow up, Sammy. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, fine, then, as, as it stands, no other hands up from uh, Zia. Um, hi, Jürgen. Um, I'd like to talk about that first goal again. Now, as a um, you, um, a licensed coach, I'm still not very clear on man marking the goalkeeper. Now, that first goal was clearly man marking the goalkeeper, wasn't it? Okay. I mean, in, in your in your view, what what is the rule in that? You know, what is the what is foul and what is not when you're actually that close to the goalkeeper? It's all about the ref. He makes it. It's all about the ref. The ref is always right. I don't know. It's like it's not man marking. It's blocking the goalkeeper. Um, that's what teams do. Your goalie has no real, no real opportunity to 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 solve that situation because if he pushes the player away, makes himself space, then it's a foul of the goalie, um, and that's then a different problem. Yeah, that's why I say. Um, the, the goal in every goal in the world needs in DC. We had a couple of goals already this year, Brentford against Arsenal, where I said it must be this is a foul. They clipped the arm of the goalie in that moment, but not a lot of people saw it like I saw it, to be honest. All football people, yes, uh, but uh, all the rest around, obviously not, and especially not the referees. For the goalies, it's a really, it's really difficult. Um, this will happen much more often if they don't intervene. It's a, for me a clear foul, and the, the goalie is a. Really, the, the 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 loneliest per 
person on a pitch and because nobody helps him and he just gets attacked and in the end the ball is in and he looks a bit dumb. That's it. Sorry, back to John Cross, I think, for the final one, John. Yeah, th thank you for, for, for taking another one. I, I was just going to ask you, Jürgen, you touched on the AR issue. Do you think there's a bit of a breakdown in that referees are almost becoming uh, used to you know, relying on the VAR as a backup plan, if you see not, what I mean. Not all refs, but he doesn't. Right. Not all refs. It's just a situation. He just doesn't really he thinks, okay, let's see what he says. So I don't whistle it. Um, but he did that today, so definitely. And um, there was another situation. Trent Alexander-Arnold um, stopped a set piece, I think, second ball. He takes the ball volley. Goes down, not a foul, but he has a, a proper bruise under his foot. So where's that coming from? So it's just don't do anything. Just let's have, let's see what we are saying. And there we have then the problem with the clear and opaque. Whoever is there, we are hides behind that phrase, and then we have two people hiding. And in the end, we have the wrong decision. Okay, thank you. Take one last one from Jack Russell, and then we'll go. Thank you, Jack. Uh, hi, Jürgen. Just for the free kick for. Trent's goal. There's a few people from West Ham thinking that Salah dived to win that. I just wondered what your thoughts were on that. Didn't see it. Sorry, I, I can't imagine how I didn't see it in that in that moment. Um, I didn't see it back. With all with all the decisions today, if that was then the most the the, the the worst decision of the ref, that would be really funny. But I don't know. I, I for me it was a free kick, but I didn't watch that situation back. Maybe I should have done. Sorry. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross the Line podcast. Uh, first of all, I'm delighted that I chose this weekend as the one to send something in for the pod. Couldn't have picked the big performance over Atletico midweek, could I? No, nope, I've gone for the first loss of the season. Um, also, this title race is putting serious strain on a marriage between a Liverpool fan and a Chelsea fan, let me tell you. But, oh, look, it was inevitable we'd lose a game at some point. Going, what, 25 unbeaten before this was an unbelievable run. But why did it have to be this one? Why did it have to be the former Everton and Man United manager who did it? Why did Kurt Zuma have to get the winner? There's so many narratives there that we could have done without. And seriously, what are we actually all going to do if David Moyes does go all the way and actually lifts the Premier League trophy at the end of the season? You know, we were joking about that a few games ago. Now it's something we might actually have to seriously consider, which is worrying. Um, from a Liverpool point of view, we should say this is our first defeat in seven months. You know, let's put this into a bit of context. You know, it's frustrating not to take advantage of other teams around us dropping points. It was obviously a big chance to capitalise on Chelsea's draw against Burnley yesterday. And we've let them get away with that, really, which is annoying. Um, of course, it's still so tight up there. City are only a point above us now. Chelsea are only four clear. Um, the fact that West Ham have gone above us with that win is quite wild. But this whole thing, it's obviously not the disaster that some are claiming. You know, I'm seeing some meltdowns again on my Twitter timeline. It was a poor performance today. That's true, you know, in a lot of ways from Liverpool and from the officials, but West Ham did deserve the three points overall. The difference is a couple of seasons ago, we'd have won these games. You know, we won games even when we weren't at our best. And that's maybe a slight worry about this season. But 
West Ham are obviously having this amazing season. They're on an incredible run. So it's not unexpected for them to be the team that finally beats us this season. They are a nightmare on set pieces. That caused us issues time and time again. Mikhail Antonio was a nightmare to play against again as well, as he so often is when he's at his best. And yeah, it felt like from that early goal for them, it was just going to be one of those days for us, you know. And that is maybe... The one weakness of Liverpool and the Klopp is that we do struggle against a really well-organised block when we don't have much space to work in. We do struggle to break those teams down and we do leave ourselves vulnerable on the counter-attack. And unfortunately, that plays into every strength that West Ham have this season. And for long-term Liverpool fans, it probably felt a bit nostalgic, that performance. (laughs) Like, we got dodgy goalkeeping... We got bad defending on set pieces. We missed sitters. We dealt with some bizarre refereeing decisions. It felt like old times in many ways. Um, The early goal was obviously a shocker. Poor from us on the set piece, but poor from the officials too, you could argue. And it didn't really get much better from there. You know, quite what VAR was doing today, I'm not sure, but... Anyway, the Cresswell tackle on Henderson in particular not being even given as a foul would be laughable if it wasn't so concerning. And you do wonder if they're looking at the same footage as we do with some of these bizarre decisions. But we can't just blame it on that. You know, we have to look at our performance and the Zuma goal that ended up being the winner was such poor defending from a set piece again. Um on the positive so this isn't all moaning (laughs) from me uh when you need a goal it definitely helps when you have a player who can score free kicks like Trent Alexander-Arnold another absolute beauty from him just showing he's a generational talent once again Salah getting the assist too on that I suppose to add to his incredible goal contribution stats for the season you know For me, clearly Liverpool's best two players right now, so probably not a surprise they combined to get us back in the game at that point. Uh, Divock Origi coming on to score. Of course, he only scores mad goals in the most important moments, doesn't he? But even that wasn't enough today, sadly. And it looked like it was the moment for Mane in stoppage time, but that header just trickled wide. And that was the day summed up in a lot of ways. And we go into yet another international break now. And we've got to wait two weeks for the next game. And we've got to come back to another big one against an Arsenal side who've obviously got their stuff together this season all of a sudden. And now that's a huge game that anything less than three points is going to be really bad. So we do tend to play really well against Arsenal in recent times, but it definitely feels a hell of a lot nervier now going into that one. So look, fingers crossed all the players come back okay from the international break and we can do the business against Arsenal and, and rewrite the ship, so to speak, in a fortnight. Cheers, up the Reds. Hello, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. What a hammer blow to the temples that was. What a hefty punch to the gonads. Three shots on target, three goals for West Ham, and three delicious points chucked away like a lobster platter at a vegan wedding. We didn't play too badly, as is often the case, even when we drop points under Jurgen Klopp, but our defending from corners was so soft it could have been an ad for toilet tissue. 
I do believe that Alison was impeded for the first goal, but it irked me greatly that Mr Becker was allowed to be bullied by not one but two of their players. Where was his help on either of the two goals that West Ham scored from three corners in the match? Leagues are not won or lost in November, but we have to stop conceding such slop. We've now conceded 11 goals in 11 matches, many more than our rivals Chelsea, who have conceded only four, and Manchester City, who have conceded six. At the end of the day, the stats will say that we had 16 shots, which isn't bad against a team playing the vast majority of the match with four centre-backs, but just five of those 16 shots were on target. We ended up with 1.4 xG to West Ham's 1.26, so we shaded it in terms of chances created and were perhaps unlucky to to lose the match. Against a team like West Ham, however, we would have needed everyone to register at least a 7 out of 10 performance, but unfortunately today we had a few players who didn't even manage a 6. I thought Thiago was poor when he came on, for example, giving the ball away in dangerous areas four times from his first six passes, but he wasn't the only one, so it's not fair to just single him out. Credit to West Ham, of course, big credit to them. Antonio Bowen Fornells et al. played very well, and we just have to take it and carry on fighting. I hope our excellent coaches can use yet another pesky international break to learn from not just this game but all of our opening 11 fixtures. We need to find a way of closing the doors, battening down the hatches or squidging polyfiller in the cracks. But let's leave that to our marvellous coaching team to sort out and in the meantime I can't complain too much about our team who have given us so much. 25 games unbeaten until today is utterly remarkable, so thanks a million for that. This is Owen from Cop On Podcast saying, let's make like rubberneckers at a crime scene and move on. West Ham United 3, Liverpool 2, um, which sees the Reds' unbeaten start to the season in the Premier League. Um, falter at the hands of West Ham. Um, massively, massively disappointing, um, of course, but quite shocked as well at the performance. Um, I was quite confident going to this one on the basis that West Ham were playing on Thursday. You know, they put out quite a strong team. I thought they'd be a bit tired going into this. Um, Liverpool, obviously, with the home win against Atletico earlier on in the week, I thought we'd had the legs. Um, Didn't really look like that, to be quite honest, across the whole 90 minutes. Um, First half, obviously, (laughs) the first goal, I mean, you know, I know people will maybe try and put the red tinted glasses on and maybe say that the referee should have overturned the goal, but I think it's soft from Alisson Becker there. You know, it's not many times you can criticise the goalkeeper who's, for me, one of, if if not, the best keeper in the world. But I think he's probably had his worst game in a Liverpool shirt there today. Um, The first goal, just a bit of a soft touch. Um, 
But yeah, you can't be too hypercritical with him. You know, some of the saves he's pulled out for us, you know, you, you can't be too hypercritical. But to be honest, in that first 20 minutes, 25 minutes, not even that goal that we conceded, I knew we'd lose this game on that 25 minutes. We just didn't look at the races. We really didn't look at it. Um, I know we had the possession, but we didn't really do too much of it. Um, Trent obviously scores the free kick, uh, world-class free kick. Um, I know some people have sort of criticised his free kicks recently, but when he's got that sort of ability in the locker, um, he should be on every single one of them. So, no, superb free kick, which obviously puts us... 1-1 at half-time, and you are thinking, you know, okay, let's regroup um, and, and and start afresh in the second half, but not much changed. If anything, we looked a bit more suspect. Um, you know, we've we've conceded a lot of goals now in the Premier League. Um, three away at Bre- uh, Brentford, two at home to Brighton, another three tonight. You know, I think people are going to have to start asking some questions about this now. Um, obviously, the four nails goal, bit of a counter attack. Um, that could happen when you're chasing the game, but I think that's maybe in the midfield where we needed someone like a Thiago to sort of keep the ball, keep composed, you know, keep things ticking along. Where we didn't really have that, to be quite honest. Um, and obviously Zuma's goal, poor defending again. Another set piece. Not too sure what Allison was doing again. Um, not too much you can really say on that apart from it being poor. Origi comes on, gets the goal. Good finish as well from Divock. Um, you know he brings on Minamino too. You know trying to just go for the game, but maybe a little bit. You know I think the subs are maybe just a little touch too late. Um, if I was going to be a bit critical of Klopp. Um, but Mane has that great chance at three-two to to equalise and get you know at least get a, a one point out of out of the London team. But it wasn't to be. And to be honest, I don't think we'd have justified to getting a point out of that. I don't think we did. You know, really deserved it. Um, it's really disappointing going into the international break that result. Um, you know, you look at it from a a whole perspective. It's the first loss. Um, in the league so far this season. So, you know, look at it from that perspective, okay. But Chelsea drew yesterday. Um, and it was similar to the Brighton game last weekend. You know, City dropped points and then we don't capitalise. And that's a bit of a worry for me. I'm looking at it as, that as a bit of a worry. Um, you know, the season we won the league, when teams were dropping points, we didn't, you know, we didn't drop points ourselves. We were ruthless. Um, and... That aspect, I hope to see throughout this whole season. You know, it's a long season. Um, so I don't want to be too critical of the lads. But I just don't think it was really there for the boys today. I don't. I think, you know, they, they'd come out themselves today and say they weren't at the races. Um, like I say, it's tough having a result like that and then having an international break. You know, you just want to have a next game, you know, a midweek fixture or, you know, just to get straight back into it and put that result right. But it's obviously not meant to be. So, yeah, poor result from the Reds tonight. Disappointing. Um, you know, we'll regroup. We've got a game against Arsenal at home. You know, I think that's a good, I think that's a good fixture to actually put this, uh, put this right. Um, I've got full confidence in the lads that they can do that. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.